listening to Kinlaw's Tech News, the weekly bite-sized podcast featuring the latest news from the world of tech, science and gaming. We love having you here, so thanks for joining us. Grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode of Kinlaw's Tech News, brought to you by DonationCorder.com. We might soon be seeing the world's first jet-powered paramedics flying around the hilly terrain of the Lake District in the United Kingdom. According to the Great North Air Ambulance Service, who've collaborated on the project with the jet suit manufacturer Gravity Industries, the 1050 horsepower jet suit would reduce a 25-minute hike to just a 90-second flight. Given the dangerous geographical features in the Lake District, This is pegged to be a game-changer as the area is very popular with hikers. Although I couldn't find any information regarding the legalities of such a venture, such as regulations and whether or not the pilots would need any sort of licences, Andy Mawson, the Director of Operations at Great North Air Ambulance Service, has said that he thinks the technology will allow them to reach patients, well some patients, much quicker than ever before. He also went on to say that in many cases, this would actually ease the patient's suffering, and in some of those cases, even save their lives. The first test flight took place on the 15th of September in a location called Langdale Pikes. The founder of Gravity Industries took flight from the bottom of the valley to a simulated casualty site at a higher altitude. The Lake District, which is a UNESCO-protected heritage site, is home to some of England's highest peaks. And on a side note, I would highly, highly recommend going because it is an absolutely beautiful place to visit. The jet suit is believed to have a huge potential for being an extra resource in delivering critical care to remote areas. The suit itself was actually built using 3D printed parts, specialist electronics and five jet engines. It can also reach speeds of up to 32 miles per hour and ascend to altitudes of 12,000 feet. Honestly, to me, this sounds like a pretty fantastic idea, but I'm hesitant about whether it will ever um, take off. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, so why not let us know what you think on our Facebook page or our Discord server. And moving on, the global mega sale event, which is normally held in July, was pushed back this year due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Amazon Prime Day, which is named after Amazon's subscription service, will now be held on October the 13th and 14th. Amazon, who have previously been accused of trying to crush all competition, have released a statement saying that they will be spending over 100 million US dollars in new promotions to benefit small and medium-sized businesses and help them win new clients. During the COVID-19 crisis, Amazon actually hired an additional 175,000 employees, spending almost 4 billion US dollars on managing the crisis. Jeff Bezos has said that the third-party sales now account for roughly 60% of all sales and are growing faster than their own retail sales. And in science news... It's been about two years now since we first heard the reports about the finding of a saltwater lake under the ice at Mars's South Pole. At the time, this was met with both excitement and scepticism from scientists involved. However, the finding has now been confirmed, and they found three more. 
using radar data from the European Space Agency's Mars orbiting spacecraft called Mars Express, the discovery was reported on the 28th of September in Nature Astronomy. The reason that this is an important discovery is because finding liquid water on the planet means there is a possible habitat in which life could survive. The three new bodies of water are located around the one originally reported in 2018. The team who made the discovery used a radar instrument called Mars Advanced Radar for Subsurface and Ionosphere Sounding, or MARSIS for short, to check around the southern polar regions of the Red Planet. The radio waves uh, bounce off the layers of materials, and the way the signal is reflected back is how they identify what materials are present in a particular area. We use similar methods for finding subsurface lakes on Earth, for example. The findings also show that the bodies of liquid water on the Red Planet are trapped more than a kilometre below the Martian ice. The largest of these lakes measures about 30 kilometres across and is surrounded by a few smaller lakes which measure a few kilometres wide each. One of the problems with this finding of liquid water is just how much salt it likely contains in order to have not frozen solid. Water with such a high salt content is not usually the best host for life. It tends to cause things to pickle rather than survive. It's unknown how much salt these bodies contain at this time, so it's very difficult to speculate until we know more. It also has to be said that not everybody believes that these findings actually indicate liquid water on the planet. Mike Sori, a planetary geophysicist at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, has said that if the bright material really is liquid water, I think it's more likely to represent some sort of slush or sludge. And Jack Holt, who is a planetary scientist at the University of Arizona in Tucson, says that although he thinks the latest data is perfectly fine, he isn't actually sure about the interpretation. He went on to state, I don't think these are lakes. There's not enough heat flow to support a brine here, even under the ice cap. Now, if this is a topic that interests you, we'd love to hear from you. So why not check out our Facebook page or our Discord server, both of which are linked in the description to this podcast. And now moving on to gaming news. Amazon have this week revealed a brand new cloud gaming service called Luna. From what we can see so far, this service seems to be pretty similar to the likes of Google Stadia, which was launched earlier this year, but with a few differences. For example, with Amazon Luna, more than 100 games are apparently going to be available to play at launch. Games such as Two Point Hospital and Sonic Mania, and apparently a lot more are on the way. We don't currently have any idea how much this service is going to cost outside of the USA, and it's actually only currently available via invitation to Amazon's early access at a current price of $5.99 per month. Um, but we don't actually know what the final price will be. Services like this tend to increase once they come out of testing. So what do we know about it so far? Well, firstly, we know that Twitch is completely integrated into the service, which really doesn't come as much of a surprise seeing as Amazon owns Twitch. But it's good to know that those of you who enjoy watching Twitch streams will have more content. 
It's also been announced that Luna will be teaming up with gaming publishers like Ubisoft. These publishers will seemingly have their own special channels on the Luna platform. There's rumours stating that these channels will actually come at an extra premium cost to access, but we honestly just can't be sure right now. Uh, another interesting point is that Luna will actually work on Apple devices. Uh, for anybody who's been following the cloud gaming scene recently, you'll be aware that Apple has extremely complicated rules um, around cloud gaming. That's meant services like Stadia and Microsoft's xCloud have just not bothered publishing it to the Apple Store. However, it's this is where things get interesting for Apple users. Amazon Luna have actually found a rather clever workaround for this absolute minefield. This is going to be facilitated by the service not being available as a traditional iOS app and actually won't appear at all on the Apple Store. Instead, what they're doing is going to launch it as a progressive web app, which is just a posh name for a website that opens separately from the rest of your browser and actually gives you the ability to even have an icon on your home screen for quick access. Now, of course, we've also got to talk about the downsides, and here they are. As with Stadia, and honestly, I'm not surprised in the slightest, it's very data hungry. If you're planning on playing a game at 1080p, you could easily eat through 10 gigabytes of data in an hour. So it's probably best not to use it if you've got any sort of data cap on your connection. For the PC version, it will apparently only actually support Windows 10 with DirectX 11, which isn't really that much of a problem because most people are on Windows 10 right now, but it's, it's important enough to mention. It's also going to work on OS X 10.13 and above, on Fire TV devices, and on Google Chrome. It's also going to be available on Safari web browsers for iPhone and iPad. And for those of you who prefer to game with a controller, you can also opt to buy the Luna controller for $49.99 USD or simply just use an Xbox One or PlayStation 4 controller. And for those of you who don't want to use a controller, then you can just use your keyboard and mouse instead. Now moving on to other gaming news, the highly popular game Among Us has a hacking problem. Now, those of you who have ever played an online game is not going to come as much of a surprise to you. But seeing as this is basically a party game, there seems to be absolutely no sense in it. People hack on games like Call of Duty so they can pretend to be better than everybody else. But on a game like Among Us, it almost feels like we're being introduced to a whole new breed of psychopath. These people seem to want nothing more than to simply ruin everybody else's fun. The game itself isn't exactly super complicated to play, and its success, even to the developers, was quite a surprise. You simply team up with your friends to do repairs on a spaceship, while one or more people try to sabotage it and kill people without being seen. There's an endless supply of complaints about this hacking issue on the Among Us um, subreddit and on Twitter, and the cheating seems to take two distinct forms. The first being people teaming up on Discord, sharing information when they shouldn't be, which in my view just really goes against the grain of what the entire purpose of playing the game is all about. I mean, why bother playing it if you're just going to tell people who the imposter is? 
The other cheaters come in the form of those using hacked clients or other cheating software to give them major advantages over other players, such as being able to move at super speed or the ability to kill multiple people at once without actually being anywhere near them. Mediatonic's Among Us team, Inner Sloth, is actually only made up of three people who are now absolutely clambering to try and implement certain functions to combat these types of people. One of these features will be an account system and a player reporting system. They're also looking into client-side hack prevention methods and several other means of trying to cut down on hackers as much as possible. The game itself peaks at over 300,000 concurrent players on Steam every single day, making it Steam's third most popular game right now. It also tops both the Google Play Store and Apple App Store, meaning it is an extremely popular game right now. Have you experienced cheating on Among Us? Why not let us know on our Facebook or our Discord server? And finally, after more than 11 years since its launch, Farmville is going to be saying its final goodbye in December this year. At its peak, Farmville had over 80 million players all lovingly tending to their crops and animals and subsequently spamming their friends and family with game requests. The end of Farmville is because Facebook is no longer going to be supporting Flash-based games after December, meaning that the game will simply no longer be playable. The company that runs Farmville has encouraged players to spend any of their remaining credits before it shut down so they're not wasted, and in-game purchases are still going to be available until the 17th of November this year, after which point the game's payment systems will simply be shut down. The developers, however, are planning a number of in-game activities which have been specifically designed to allow fans to give the game a fantastic send-off. It should also be noted that Farmville 2 won't be affected and Farmville 3, which is going to be released on mobile soon, is also not affected by this. That's all for this week's episode of Kinlaw's Tech News. Why not get involved and chat with us on our Facebook page or our Discord server? Thanks for joining us, and we hope you have a wonderful day.